All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Ain't no rules. There is no plan. No safety net. Yeah, baby. (laughs) The Three Nose Podcast. Oh, Peter Patter, let's get at her. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Three Nose Podcast. Today's topic, the uh, near extinction of the honeybee population and the uh, economic effects it is having on the Southeast Asian trade markets. The fuck are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Trying to sound all you know intelligent and hoity toity. Oh, you you've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan. Yes. All right, here we go. <laughs> Get that out of the way. I'm going with my go-to Summersby. Cheers. Cheers. I got me Hobgoblin Ruby Red. Hobgoblin Ruby Red. Uh, which, Can looks wicked. Yeah. Which which wood brewery? I've had it before. It's good stuff. I like it. So I'm Jason. I'm Mike. What are the three no's, Jason? Uh, th- uh, I can't. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I just froze. I just my brain just went. Oh what? Uh, <laughs> no rules, no plan, and no safety net. <sighs> Yeah. Maybe we should rethink it's been that. A long no, couple, it's been a long couple weeks. Rethink that no uh, rules or plans thing. Yeah, maybe. Just uh, <laughs> um, some some days. Yeah, but it's been a. It's it, been a while. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks, and you it's know, been a trying couple weeks for uh, a little bit. You and your crew. Yeah. Um, just uh, to give that update, uh, my mother-in-law did pass away. Um, they, they end up taking her off life support. It just wasn't going to be, you know, the, no quality of life. Yeah. So yeah. They, they did that and now it's just picking up the pieces and, you know, we had a, we had a nice memorial service, um, at our house, uh, cause trying to find a venue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So especially, eh, thank you, COVID. Yeah. Um, um, but now it's, you know, it's, it's just keep, keep living and, you know, honor her memory and. We haven't uh, delved into the house yet, and that's going to get a little bit tricky, but it shouldn't uh, be too, too bad. Was there um, a will? No. Oh. But there isn't much to will anyways. Yeah. Well, the house. Yeah. The house is about the only thing. Yeah. House, car. Yeah. Then, like, especially when we went through this with my mom when she passed away, there's so much, so much detail things that you have to you, you weren't really aware of it until well, you become like my, oh my, my sister-in-law yeah. has uh, gotten the services of a local uh, life life transitions yes so uh, they're they're helping her with every step to yeah make sure all the bases are covered yeah so. though they, that's an invaluable uh, resource help mm-hmm. that helping the family figure out those those processes to yeah, clear those, up everything. Those first couple days, he he oh. really he started, okay, this is what you want to focus on now, and then down the road, we got to do this, 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 and yeah. this. Like, he really laid it out, so it made it, made it smoother. Um, but, you know, it sucks, but, yeah. well, all, again, all we can do is keep living, and well, that's the thing. It's, it, it hurts so much, but you said you never forget, mm-hmm. but the hurt goes away just a little bit more, but it's always, it's always going to be there. You're going to be thinking like, oh, I need to call. And then you go, oh. Yeah. And I said, that was one of the impetus for making podcasts is 
I wish I could have recorded my mom mm-hmm. so I could hear her voice again. This is kind of like my kind of ham-handed way of being able to have my kids, if whenever in the future they they want to hear my voice, they'll have these shows. I feel the same way, but given some of the stuff I've talked about and said on, <laughs> on the podcast, well, <laughs> they may not like what they hear. <laughs> but they do realize who yeah. we are. Yes. And they know... Oh, my boys are a little too much like me some days. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine drives that. Drives crystal nuts. <laughs> Xander, Xander and I get at, get at each other all the time, yeah. and it drives her crazy. <laughs> and I think we do it mostly just to get her oh, yeah. riled up. Yeah, well, because once you expose your weakness to somebody, it has to be exploited. <laughs> so I, I, I completely get that. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that wholeheartedly, and I, I endorse it wholeheartedly as well. So, but... You're, you 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 all right? Yeah, feeling yeah. Okay? It, it's has it really hit you yet? Or? Yeah. Oh, I've I already went through my little emotional turmoil. Like I wasn't as close with her, obviously, you know, yeah. as my mother-in-law. But I have my own memories with her and things like you know that I'll remember fondly. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's mostly I'm there for Crystal. I'm yeah. there to make sure that when she needs me. You know, that sort of thing. Yep. But she's you. been holding up pretty well. So, well, you know. good. I, yeah, every like once in a while, just... I can, you know, the, you can see where, you know, she, she kind of slips and lets her guard down and something comes out. But yeah. for the most part, I think uh, she's, I think she's in a good place. So. Okay. All right. Yep. Like I said, I just. My brother-in-law, on the other hand, he's still a little bit rough. But. Wow. Okay. Yeah, everybody everybody's goes through it their own way, mm-hmm. and it's just it, it's rough and it sucks. And there's no one of the guys I work with went talked looked at me one day. He goes, "You just got to walk through it." He said, "You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. There's nothing you can do. You just got to go through it." Yep. And he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, you do." Eventually, you'll come out the other side of the tunnel and. For better or worse, yeah, you do come out. And you said there's 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 times where, even now, like a year and a half past, there's certain songs will will hit me or something. There will always be something that Ain't something that's going to remind you, right? And he said there's we got Facebook Facebook memories showing up, and mm-hmm. there's like oh yeah, I remember that day. That was a good day. And then you just got to deal with it somehow. Yep. So. But I'm glad everybody's doing okay. Um, for all, for better or worse, everybody. And I, I, I just, it sucks. No, like, but we're at the age where it happens. Yep. And it's, nobody wants it to well, happen. Well, you know, I, 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 that always brings to mind when my sister passed away. Like, shoot, that was almost 20 years ago. Um, it's like. My dad kept saying, it's not right. A parent is not supposed to bury a child. You no. know, it's the other way around. So at least, you know, this is the right way around. Yeah. But, you know, but it still sucks. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, but we'll dedicate this mem- the show in her memory. Sure. A, yeah. Sure. To Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann. <laughs> to Ruth Ann. Okay. <laughs> 
So what you been up to? <laughs> work. Work. Work, 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 work. We've been, um, <clears throat> for, for whatever reason, it was, it seemed like two weeks after everybody, like we got back to work relatively full speed, it was like full speed. There was, it was like, no, nope, we got to make up for lost time. We're going, wait a minute. Like there was a major car company said, oh yeah, we're going to be cutting production by a third. And I'm going, wait a minute, yeah, 12 weeks, that's a third of, yeah. <laughs> so we're going like, you didn't cut your production, you were shut down and you're counting against it and everything is like ramped up to light speed right now. Seeing that everywhere, yeah. and you're seeing that with the price of gas, your <sighs> price of groceries. You know, they all all these places feel like okay, we need to catch up. Yep, nothing goes down; it'll always go up. I heard a local gym; they've doubled, more than doubled their rates starting yeah, well, in July. Yeah. Well, I plan on quitting my the gym that I, I I was a member to on on the fact that I heard that you have to call. And make an appointment to go work out. Really? And I'm just like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, how many people can do that? You can't schedule your life that fine like that. No, you can't. And you're only allowed an hour. Oh. So as soon as as you swipe in, that's when your hour starts. And I'm assuming they're going to be chasing you out after. I would think so. Getting close to your hour. if there's a lineup. Right. Yeah. So... It's it's not going to happen. That that gym that gym I think gyms in general could be, be uh, could be looking at life support and especially some of them, yeah, some of them I know aren't yeah. open at all yet. So no, like l- luckily I have access to Monster Barbell, yeah. which is in and of itself probably shouldn't be open, <laughs> but <clears throat> it, it's it's. They keep the numbers just under for showing up, and okay. they, 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 it's kind of a self-regulated schedule where with some guys have keys, and they can get in and out whenever they want. Right. So there, there's cleaning material, so a lot, of, a lot of the guys will, once they're done working out, will clean up and right. like wipe down, stuff like that. But it, it's, it's one of those things where... This was actually Monster Barbell. Monster Barbell started years before all this happened, right? But it was it was your reaction to commercial gyms that Sean and I like hated commercial gyms. Like we walk in and we're just like, I hate every single person in this place already, and <laughs> because they're doing dumb shit and. Like, I was doing heavy farmer walks the one day. Basically, you pick up a pair of heavy dumbbells, and you go for a walk. Where I had been walking, some dude decided he's going to start foam rolling his hips right in the middle of where I was walking with 100-pound dumbbells in my hand. Jeez. I was like, dude, are you fucking serious right now? Like... You're not an easy guy to miss. No, that's that's <laughs> the thing. I, I, I like. Did you do this on purpose, or were you that? Oh, it's probably probably on purpose. Uh, oh well. And yet, I would be the bad guy if I dropped the hundred pound dumbbell on this dude. Yep. Oops. Oops. Sorry. It slipped. Yeah, I get I get lunk alarmed and like oh <laughs> lunk alarmed. 
You ever heard of that? I've I've heard the term lunk. Yeah. I've never heard the term lunk alarm. That's that's a a Planet Fitness thing. That's where I've heard yeah. it. Yes. So, friends of mine years ago, we went to a conference in Dearborn, Michigan, right beside the hotel where we were staying was a, a Planet Fitness. We planned on going into this Planet Fitness with the, the express purpose of getting lunk alarmed and kicked out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, we were like, you're not allowed to deadlift or make noise or anything like that. It, it's just a crazy set of rules that the inclusiveness of Planet Fitness is to make everybody comfortable while they're working out. Whereas... Working out is designed to make you uncomfortable, right? To make you grow, but it's it it it, it is what it is. Everybody knows what Planet Fitness is all about, mm-hmm. and we try to get kicked. I know out a of ton it. of people that have oh, joined it when it opened up in Chatham. Yeah, shiny new. Yep, shiny new. And but I know that someday. I've been saying this for a long time. Someday I'm going to get back on track. Yeah. I'm not paying for a membership when I know the first thing I need to do is just get out and walk more and stuff yep. like that. I yep. don't need a gym for that. No. I'm not going on a treadmill. No. There's no point. No. You say get a bicycle, walk. Yeah. Um, do do the ruck, ruck marches that's, that we were uh, doing. That's <clears throat> that, Those are my, my goals. Yeah. The... Um, uh, the bo- I read a book by David Goggins. He was a, a Navy SEAL. He he uh, was in the military, left, gained almost, like he almost got to almost 400 pounds. And then he decided, oh, I got to do something. Then he, then he started to lose weight because he decided he's going to become a Navy SEAL. So he had to lose an ungodly amount of weight in a very short period of time. And he started with, he wanted to start running and he goes, I couldn't even make it to the end of my block. And I thought I was going to die. So he ended up buying a bicycle. So he rode everywhere on his bicycle until he became fit enough to start running. He made it into the seals. Wow. So he like this Goggins is such a unique person because of his his ability to push himself beyond like people like he talks about people stop at 40 percent they think they've only they they'll be doing something hard and they think they're done but they've only reached 40 percent capacity of what they can do and he gets out there and he goes nope said you can do more you just have to convince yourself Tell yourself, control your brain, and get out there and get after it. The dude runs ultra marathon, hundred mile races oh. now for fun. Ouch! Yeah. So this that is, that's, is not a concept that appeals to me. Is the marathon the whole like. the whole idea of well, and they're not just straight like on a road race. They're mm-hmm. like cross country, like in mountains and shit like this. And he's running 100 milers like that for fun. There's another guy, uh, one of Rogan's buddies. His name is Cameron Hayes. Cameron Hayes runs every day at least 16 miles a day. Every day. What's that workout to in kilometers, do you know? It's just, um, well, 
uh, a marathon is what 20 26.2 miles I've got a converting app here okay so Cameron Hayes every it, when he's a regular workout for him is 16 miles there's days where he'll run a marathon just just for his workout and then 16 miles is 25 and three quarter kilometers. Yeah. Wow. That's what he does on the regular. Wow. And there's been times, Rogan talked about this, where Cameron Hayes has run a marathon every day of the week. Oh, geez. But that's just who this dude is. On top of his regular work, his family time, his re- his other gym time. Wow. He just the, He's just one of those ultra humans that whatever he goes i need to run 26 miles today then he'll run 26 miles and then he'll do everything else on top of whereas i'm thinking about 26 miles and i'm already half dead just (laughs) thinking about that like so that that concept of being able to push yourself that hard yeah the, the 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 mental toughness that yeah, it, had, like, it takes the last time, like when when we were when we were doing our rock walks. Yeah, you know that would wipe me out. Like I get home and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to do anything else. We were we would do anywhere from with our rock walks anywhere from three to almost ten k. Yeah, and there was there was there was a couple times where I loaded my pack a little too heavy, and I was just like I'm literally going to die right here on this sidewalk. <laughs> Because I would have saved you. Well, well, somebody would have had to because I remember walking and I'm just like, I can't, I can't go. And then Tobin goes, okay, we're going to run to the next telephone pole. I was like, <laughs> we are? I think I remember that day. <laughs> we, were, like, we were heading back to your place. Like yep. we were wrapping it up, but we still had a little distance to go. Yep. I remember that. Yeah, I think we just left. We left the Mud Creek area, yep. and we were like, we were heading. We were back in front home. of the houses now. Yeah. We were crossing in front of the houses. And he goes, "All right, we're gonna run, run in between the telephone poles." And I think I had like a fifty-pound pack on. I think this. so. And with, like, the, with the water bladder, you were yeah. pushing it, yeah. So that was like the heaviest that I had ever loaded into my pack, and it was moving. With. I was doing good with the twenty-five pounders, so. And I thought I should have went down to a twenty-five pounder after that. <laughs> and it was just it. Was, it hurt so much for days afterwards. My feet hurt. My ankles hurt. Everything from the ground up <laughs> was just like on fire. And I'm just like, why? Why? What am I doing? Oh, yeah. That's right. I, it's good for me. And I'm just like, oh. When does this start feeling good for Exactly. Me? <laughs> so I remember this is John laughing at me. And like I'm hitting him up for for tips on how to how to do the rock yeah, walk right. I, I learned long ago. You don't want to try and keep like try try and share information with John no, like that. Okay. See, here's the thing because he, I've heard all the stories like of what yeah. he's gone through. The, he, like he would have the inside dope on how to do it without dying, how like without destroying your feet because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. That's that's John's thing, and I took his advice. And I did it, and it still sucked. <laughs> I'm going like, okay, if I had done the thing without consulting an expert, I would have literally 
died. Like my <laughs> legs from the hip, from my waist down, would have just fell off. And it, it, it said, it, like I would have taken a step, and it was like click, click, and they're like, and I would be lying there on my back like a turtle with my. <laughs> Just my arms flailing because my legs had already fallen off. They're like, help me, please. And Tobin's going, nope, running. So. My, I can remember, um, this is before John went, went off to join the military. Um, there was a gym, that Nautilus, yes. downtown King Street. Yep. Went there with Tom and John. <laughs> and John's like, okay, here's, here, I'm going to get you. We're going to go through this cycle. Yep. I didn't do the same amount of weight, naturally, yep. but uh, yep, okay, we're going to do this cycle. Died. I would have died. Yep. I, I damn near died. <laughs> um, I got done. We did that whole thing, and I, I wasn't feeling too, too bad the end, after that night. The next day. The next two days, <laughs> I could barely lift my arms. Yeah. I was in so much pain. Yeah, I, I've been And there. I was working at home hardware at the time. Nice. And it was truck day. Oh, even better. And I'm like, my boss is like, are you okay? I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm dying over here. No, but it's like um, Monster Barbell has a, a, a challenge thing we like to do. It's called the Poundstone Curl. All you do, you take your curl, Paula Paul Poundstone. No, no, no. Oh. Derek Poundstone. He's okay. a, like a strongman competitor. Okay. So you take an empty Olympic bar, forty-five pound Olympic bar. Okay. And you curl it. Okay. It's only forty-five pounds, right? Okay. A hundred times. The, well, at what point does it start to feel more than forty-five pounds? Uh, almost instantly. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the whole idea is to do 100 straight reps of curling. It's only 45 pounds. Everybody, only. Wow, it's only 45 pounds. It doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters. It'll matter after the fir- after 20 reps. Probably yeah, is yeah, when you, you really like, start to feel it. You really have to. It's it's a mental test, and you really have to find your happy space real fast <laughs> and go there and stay there. And there's <clears throat> there's only. I think what was that? My I I did it once and I think I got eighty straight reps before I took a break. Okay. And my arms for the week after felt like they were falling like I was literally walking like Frankenstein because I couldn't bend oh. my arms. It hurt so much. But hey, I got a whole bunch of these reps in. We watched a video of Derek Poundstone do his curls. He did 300 reps. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's it's all he did. Well, his was... Well, I can remember watching Ron Burgundy do 1,000. Who? Ron Burgundy. Oh. <laughs> wow. I happened to catch that scene on okay. TV the other day, and it came to mind. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the world's strongest news reporter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but so, working out kicks your ass. Yeah. And it's and but you're supposed to get better for it. Well, if you do it consistently. Yes, that's the key. Therein lies That is the key. Therein lies the problem with a lot of working mm-hmm. out. Yep. I said consistency is a thing that derails me 
a lot. So maybe having to make an appointment at a gym isn't such a bad thing because you're now committing yourself. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I, I can see where you're. There's coming an from. argument in its favor in that respect. Yeah, if 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 you're if you make the decision to as long as, as do but it. as long as you're able to meet that schedule, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to. That's, you have be the to hard part. go. You have to go. But it would put your. It would definitely you know force you to stick to the routine. Right. Right. So there's, there's some, might be some merit there. There, are pros and cons for sure. Yeah. Uh, like you look at. I think you were talking about the one day about going to the monster barbell, but you were, there was some trepidation. I've talked about it. I yeah. got, you've got me curious, but I don't think I'm there. I like, again, I need to be walking first. I need to, yeah. I need to get that started. And I, my, my thinking is I get walking once I'm comfortable again with the walking, get start rocking again. And once, you know, and once I've, I've taken the, a good, run at that then i can start looking at monster barbell and start working on other parts now here's the thing you don't have to go crazy at monster barbell to start out you I like you it would it would be the worst thing you could do is go in there and like oh i gotta oh, lift I, everything but i wouldn't i no. wouldn't but i know for where my main problems lie right now it involves the lower back and my legs yeah. that's what i need to work on do you most, know so. do you know how to fix Help fix a lower back problem. What's that? Abs. Yeah. Do core work because a lot of it is like a weak midsection will make you slouch or it <clears throat> puts pressure on your lower back. If you tighten up, if you if you work out your core and your midsection, strengthen up those muscles there. That'll help your posture because that's what I feel at work all the time is in my lower back. Yeah. Because. I, I, mo- I do move around quite a bit, but at times, once I have everything all in place and whatnot with the, with, with the cleaning and repacking the modems and stuff that I'm doing, uh, I'm sitting in one spot on a bar stool. Like, there's no support whatsoever. Yeah, right there so is your seating. You, yeah. You'd be, almost be better off standing. Getting rid I, of the bar I, I try to stand as much as possible, yeah. but it gets to a point at some points where my right leg, I, I'm still a little weak in my or my right yeah. quad um, it, from ages ago. So that starts to hurt. So I, I need to sit. Now, do they have like anti-fatigue mats for you to stand well, on? It's a carpeted floor. It's still, not super it's not, comfy. No, you 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 would be better off getting having them get you like an anti-fatigue mat. To stand, like if you mm-hmm. wanted to do some stuff st- standing, stand on that. That would help. Like shock, I should mention that if they, yeah. they might have some still kicking around because right. they they had that had them for other people. Yeah, so they might still have some stash somewhere. Yeah. So I might have to look into that. Do you have like a, an ergonomics com- uh, committee? They do because uh, before I was in shipping, I went through all that. Remember the shoulder thing yeah, and everything. Yep, yep. That was all based off my posture. Yeah. So they got me a newer chair that went higher. Um, and we adjusted the back and everything to be where I was perfect. They were. They even got me a second deck for my mo- computer monitors, ah, so they were up okay. higher, so yep. I wasn't looking down. Worked all that out. Yep. So yeah, they do. They do exist, and I'm pretty sure I've seen fatigue mats around in the building. So yeah, I, I would. He said, go in and ask yeah. if, if if you can get one, or if they if you can't have if they don't have one there, if you can get one, right. get one ordered in because. Your feet, like especially standing on hard surfaces. I work in a factory. 
the worst thing you can do is neglect your feet because as soon as they start hurting, oh, it's when a I worked at Home effect. Depot, yeah. I, I worked at Home Depot. Now I'm not a lot of standing, just a lot of moving, a yeah. lot of running around. I and I got orthotics. I needed them. I, I they, they they saved my life at yep. that place. Yep. So all you you need you need to take care of your feet, mm-hmm. and it it all starts. Like from, everything, from everything, everything is being held up by the feet. Absolutely, so that's absolutely. Where you, yeah. So take care of your feet. Take care of your legs. Work on your midsection. Work on your core. Your your health lessons from the three nose podcast. That's right. <laughs> take some yoga, uh, dude. I did. I'm doing yoga. I can't wait to get back into yoga. I thought about checking out DDP yoga. Anything, anything helps. Um, I know somebody who's got. DDP yoga, like the DVDs or something. Yep. So, might check that out. Yeah, bore them, try them. And like you said, don't do what I did. My very first yoga class was a hot yoga class. I remember you telling me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, ease yourself into hot yoga. Like, don't, like, I've never done hot yoga. Hot yoga is not for amateurs. Not for the first timers. <laughs> no, try something else. And like, try, either there's, all kinds of different types of yoga out there. There's even warm yoga. Warm yoga. Warm yoga. <laughs> it's not, in between. It, like, it's in between because <laughs> you walk into a hot yoga class, fresh off the street, fat as can be, unhealthy, out of shape. I'm going to try yoga with my friends. And I stepped into the room. The room is heated up to like 110. And you walk in, it's like, oh, shit. You're doing yoga in a sauna. Yeah. Yeah. And you, like I said, it, as soon as you step in. That's where I... That's where you step in. I don't think I could ever do hot yoga because I, I... I did it. I don't... Uh, but I like to be able to breathe. And once you get into no, actually, hot, I have trouble breathing. It, it, you would be surprised. Really? Really. Is it not humid? It's not so humid. It's, it's, okay. It's, it, like, it's hot. And it's kind of dry, but like it's, it's hot. Uh-huh. And I thought the exact same way. Like, oh, I won't be able to breathe. I won't be like. There was a couple times where we were doing um, like downward dog or like feet on the mat, hands on the floor, kind of thing. That ain't happening. The gravity, well, gravity, and me don't get along. So no, it was, it was one of those things. Like it was like. Pointing head down like this, all the crap in my lungs just went up. Oh, there's the exit, and we just like I just started hacking and coughing. Like, but the next time I went, it didn't happen. Okay, or in the start more, building up, start the tolerance, building like up. You, like I said, whatever. My friends do hot yoga three times a week, and just go. Oh, are you, they, you and are they ripped like Greek gods? No, no, no. They're not. They're just normal. Just normal people. Just normal people. They're flexible. They're they're in shape, like <laughs> relative shape, as compared to your your standard. I'm in shape. Round. Round is a shape, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but they. I used to have a sweatshirt that said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Um, I highly recommend it. I do. I do. I, I said it. It sounds intimidating. It is yoga scares me. It just again, I'm not that flexible, and you go at your own pace. Yeah, that's the whole idea of yoga is because you're you're everybody has to start somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Nobody's expecting you to be able to fold yourself up and put yourself into like 
a plexiglass cube like these old swamis we used to see them. That's incredible. <laughs> so you go at your own pace. You, you know you made a that's incredible yes, reference. I did. I did. Nice. I like that, huh? They're <laughs> <laughs> showing my age. But the you go at your own pace. Like I said, if there's a pose that you can't get into, a lot of the, the teachers will come around and say, okay, if you can't do this, do this. And there's there's alternatives to each move. What I've seen, and I don't have a whole lot of experience with when it comes to yoga stuff, but it seems like there's a lot of balance involved, and I'm not I'm not very good at balance. But it's learned. Yeah, it's a skill. So I was I was the exact same way. There's one of these, the one of the poses where like you take your knee, your one foot and you kick it around your knee and you hook it in there and you're like both arms are above your head and I'm just like. I'm like going to be like a tree in a forest, just timber kind of thing. Yeah. But when it came time to do it, I'm like, okay, like, I don't want to quit, but I have to try it. Like there's one I remember, and I don't know if it was from a movie or TV show or something. Uh, you're standing basically on your, for what, and I don't know if it matters what leg, but left leg. And your right foot is flat against your left thigh. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, and you start. I, you start. I can't do that. No, because why would you be able to do that right out of the gate? Yeah, why? So you start with that position. You put your your left foot on the floor. You take your right foot. You put it on your calf or your ankle, just as high as you can, as high of. as you can. Okay, and then you hold that position for as long as you can. Then you switch. Okay. Then you switch. Then you switch, and then eventually, you move your foot up a little bit higher on your leg. Maybe you, you get like mid calf or upper calf onto your knee. Eventually, like I said, maybe you will get it up onto your thigh, or you won't. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's no win or lose in doing yoga. Yoga is more about adding to your flexibility and right. and right and whatnot. Right? Yeah, it, that's it, that's it, its main focus. Kind it of. helps with your overall. Uh, physical fitness because those positions are not easy to hold and a guy my size like i get down there and i'm like shaking and sweating and stuff i look over and there's like a 110 pound little girl over there just steady as a tree while while tweeting well yeah while (laughs) tweeting and just like bored but her she obviously she's done it longer She's in much better shape, and she's like does not have two hundred pounds extra on her like I do. But there was times doing it where my my athleticism, air quote athleticism, helped me get through a lot of these positions because I played sports. I know about balance and. You, you you get yourself into those positions and you hold them, and it ain't easy. You're working. You're working hard. Yeah, you and do have a bit more of a leg up, with the, especially with the wrestling background, because yeah. balance plays a big factor in some of what you do there. So, yeah. yeah. Someday. I, 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 I highly suggest you find, because I called around in town. I go, hey, do you have a beginner's class? And they go, no, we have a class. And it said it's open to whatever level you're at. 
I went, oh, all right. That sounds like a yoga thing. <laughs> Doesn't know, it? Everybody <laughs> welcome. Yeah. You work yeah. at your own pace and at the chimes. And yeah. That's what yeah. that sounds like. Well, there was a... Uh, your instructor the, today is Flower Child. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the place that Moonbeam. I go to in London. Yeah. They have a thing. Um, oh, what is it called? There's no specific... I can't remember the specific name, but you... They have, uh, oh, don't do that, um, music that plays, usually, like, they usually don't have music playing during the class. Okay. But if they do, it's, like, very low, and, but with this one, the music is up a little bit more, and friends are my wife. Did it stop recording? No, no, it's still going. Okay. I, I'm just. You're worrying me. I know, I should be, because, ah, there it is. <laughs> I lo- I lost the uh, the the bar that was tracking the okay whew, okay <laughs> heart attack averted um, but they they have a high like upper upper tempo music like world world style music okay and then when it, at the beginning of the class where you're you're doing the more dynamic stuff. Then as the class progresses, they bring the music down, and you start doing the meditative stuff and stuff like so. A lot of sitar. A lot of sitar, a lot of uh, drums, um, lots of, you can you can feel the Tibetan monks ohming <laughs> all through the, uh, the place. Why are you not tracking like that? You're, you're really worrying me over there. I'm very worrying too, but it seems to be working all right. No, we're, okay. It's, it's okay. We're good. We're good. All right. All right. That's good. You listen back to this later and there's nothing there. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll be very unhappy. Well, there's there's things going up and down. So that's, okay. That's good. Things are going up and down. Yeah, that's the a stuff good that, The stuff, right. that, that stuff that needs to show up on the screen is showing up on the screen. Okay. So far, so good. All right. So, <laughs> hey, we're out of practice. A little bit. A little bit. But, yeah, do yoga. It's good for you. It's on my list. Yeah. So. (laughs) This is freaking me out, man. But. uh, Why? What? Oh, boy. Uh, This is interesting. I do have a couple notes here, things that have popped up that I wanted to discuss. Okay. Lay them on me. Well, um, my nephew, he's been, uh, he's 13. Okay. He's been doing a lot of babysitting. Yes. And he's saved up his money. Oh. So he bought a, he already had a PS4. He He bought a PlayStation VR. Oh, okay. It is freaking trippy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've only (laughs) played it for like five, ten minutes. Playing the Rick and Morty, they have a Rick and Morty Virtual reality game. Virtual reality. Yes. So I was just I was just in Rick's garage, met (laughs) fiddling with stuff, and wow, it is it's trippy. You really do lose your sense of where you are in a room. I kicked the freaking dresser. Nice. Um. Yeah. It's 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 trippy. It's pricey for him, but hey, it's his money. He can do what he wants. Yeah. But it's pretty trippy. I know you've done VR. Yep. I remember uh, you and Scammy did that. Yeah. We I have not experienced it other than this little bit I had. I have not experienced true VR yet. Yeah. So. Well, I I remember 
when when Scammy and I did to went to the uh, the VR place in Sarnia, punching. Be, be, yeah, you punched a crossbeam or punched something. Punched a crossbeam of, of a two by four. I'm just thinking to myself, why would you have a naked two by four in the middle of your VR room? But hey, if you go back there now, it's got heavy padding. Yeah, I would think so <laughs> yeah, because, like I said, I fucked up that one controller bad. <laughs> that, that was. I just thought that was kind of neat. Yep. Um, but. <laughs> A credit goes to this now. Uh, a lot of gaming talk in my household lately. Okay. Um, so my my oh, my son Tally, the older boy, mm-hmm. he has come up with a theory, and he didn't want me to give him credit, but no, it's his credit. <laughs> he has a theory about the future of, of human evolution. Oh, this should be good. Yeah. Um, that given the advance of esports. Okay. And how professional gaming is becoming more and more of a thing. Okay. That we will eventually develop more thumbs on our hands. <laughs> like it makes sense. I, I like another thumb on each hand. At least one more thumb. If not, some of your fingers become thumbs, kind of thing. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Grab that controller right there. I, yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, yep. So you want to get. You're going to have more thumbs to be able to push more buttons. Okay, give me this. Because, okay, you've already got, what, 20 buttons on there? So, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And you the, push the sticks. The sticks. The sticks. That's 15, 16, and they push in. So, 17, 18. Right. Plus the big center thing, which Back. is also a motion pad. Yeah. So yeah. there's yeah, there's at least twenty inputs. You're pretty close. Yeah. We need more thumbs to be able to do more with those button combinations. Well, okay, where would you put your thumb? I don't know. I don't now, I haven't okay. gone any further with, with this. Line. Okay, with with my hands like this. Yep. Would you put your thumb a new thumb here? I would think so. Yeah, I would think it'd be right between or your thumb and your index finger. Would you put the new thumb underneath? You're going to end up with the same result, but I'm thinking more between. So something like that. I'm thinking more in between. I'm thinking between the thumb and the index finger. But that would really interfere with the the, the function of the hand. Would it? Yeah. Because... If it's situated just slightly back, it might be fine. Like up here? Yeah. But they would have to be really long. It would be almost... It would be a finger, not a thumb. I don't know. No, this like, is just his theory. Okay, like, we need right more here. thumbs. Look, okay, right here, right? So you got these on the on the sticks. So if you wanted this thumb to touch this, it would have to be same length as the other thumb. No. No, because like here to here, if it's back here, yeah. It would have to be longer. Okay, a little bit longer. So but so So then it would be you like almost another index finger. It just seems to me like He's right. We're going to develop more thumbs. Like, it just seems like a natural evolution. Of all the things, the us humans can evolve. Esports are huge, man. Okay, I I, I will give you that. Esports are huge. This evolution, this the this evolutionary trait, I would guess it would show up in South Koreans first. That sounds about right. They might be genetically engineering oh. new. I bet you with that CRISPR technology, <laughs> you can edit 
a new thumb and or index finger. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. No. And it'll okay. be the, when when they come out with the PS6, that controller will be for the the two-thumbed individual like the Now, okay. The additional my my thumb. question is that is an unfair advantage to the one-thumbed athlete, right? Yep. yep. So now we're going to start getting a segregation of the leagues. So you would either know that or you buy a prosthetic thumb to be able to compete at that level. Yeah, but is a prosthetic as good as an organic? Maybe it depends on how well the prosthetic technology keeps up. They're yeah, getting okay. pretty. They get pretty high tech with the prosthetic limbs now. Sure, sure. But you would have to take medication to make that happen. Would that now be considered a performance enhancing drug? Ooh, because you're specifically doing it to join that level, to join that league, the extra thumb league. I would say no. Now, okay, <clears throat> would a person that, through natural evolution, through natural selection, has grown this organic appendage, mm-hmm. would they have an advantage over somebody that had to take medication and to get the, the secondary thumb and or index finger that, to grow? That, again, depends on the, how fine the technology is for the prosthetic thumb. But in general, the idea, a lot of, uh, depending on your school of thought, um, natural beats artificial. Yes. That's, you know, in general, that's the, the, the rule. No. From a physiological standpoint, mm-hmm. would you attach that second thumb to the thumb bone or would you attach it somewhere in between in the web of the, your thumb in the, the index finger. It would finger. be independent. It would be in, in so you, the So you, you'd have to have a, a sixth yes. bone with uh, yes. musculature and tendon structure yes. as well. You would have to, your, your brain would have to be rewired to function with these extra digits. Well, if you're growing with it naturally, then it, your brain would already naturally be wired for that. Prosthetics-wise, that's where, again, the prosthetic technology, the extra work involved. But would it be worth that effort? That's the question. Would it be worth it? I don't think it would be worth that effort because you now have to train your your, your, to retrain your body. But this could make you the number one esports champion in the world, the best of the best, which gets you fame, glory, chicks. Chicks? Oh, yeah, gamer chicks, man. They're out there. Yeah. They're out there. Right. At least according to the porn sites I frequent, <laughs> they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the pussy. <laughs> always comes back to that. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, th- now, actually, that does kind of tend lead into the next thing. You know the game that I've been I'm way anxiously waiting to play on PS4? The Cyberpunk? Yep. Yeah. They pushed it back again. 
until I thought they pushed back to September. They did. Yeah. And now it's been pushed to November 19th. Damn it. Which I'm okay with. Why? Um, because if they feel they need to work on it a little bit more to give us as close to a perfect game, please do. Okay. Because there are many examples of games that were pushed out too soon. They were garbage at first, and then they had to do a lot of patchwork and fix it. And in the case of some games, they totally revamped it from the ground up. Gotcha. Um, so if they feel they need a little bit more work on it, that's fine. But I'm reaching my limit of patience <laughs> when it comes to this. <laughs> give me my so, game. I want this freaking game. All right. So, you got a game. Yep. Uh, one sec. I bought a new game. You bought a new game. I bought a new game. Because I got a new game for Father's Day. Oh, you did? I did. All right. I got this game. Oh, Ooh. let me punch that microphone. Blades, Blades in the in Dark. In the Dark. See, that doesn't even look like a game book. That looks like a novel. Yeah. So, basically, is... Here, I'll read you the back cover. Blades in the Dark is a tabletop role-playing game about a crew daring scoundrels seeking their fortunes on the haunted streets of an industrial fantasy city. There are heists, chase, occult mysteries, dangerous bargains, bloody skirmishes, and above all, riches to be had, if you are bold enough to seize them. You and your fledgling crew, you and your fledgling crew, must thrive amidst the threats of rival gangs, powerful noble families, vengeful ghosts, the blue coats of the city watch, and the siren song of your scoundrel's own vices. Will you, will you rise to power in the underworld? What are you willing to do to get to the top? That sounds awesome. That sounds kind of steampunkish. Yes, it does. So, the city is called uh, Darkval. And it is surround. The city itself is uh, surrounded by lightning fences to keep the ghosts out. Oh, the lightning fences are powered by Leviathan hunters who go out and hunt demonic Leviathans to bring their blood back. That is used to fuel these lightning fences. Huh? Yeah. It's pretty interesting. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. So it's the system is real easy. Yeah. And it's it's more about getting the story told instead of dice mechanics. Okay. There's a neat neat mechanic in there called uh, uh, threat clocks. So you can get either a four or six or an eight slice uh, clock, uh-huh. and the 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 lesser the threat, the more uh, pieces of the pie that you have. Okay. So when you color in the clock, the bad thing happens. Okay. So you can have multiple clocks working on the same situation. Huh. It, it, there's one of the mechanics in there is called flashback. So what you do, the, the scenario that I was, I was like, okay, you and your crew are going to a, a soiree at somebody's big manor. Your your job was to assassinate somebody. Okay. You get to the you get to the gate. There's guards there. They're patting everybody down, checking invitations. You tell the GM, "Well, I trigger a flashback." So it says, the GM goes, well, "Okay, what is it?" He goes, "Well, two days before this, I bribed one of the guards to not pat me down at the gate." The GM goes, okay. So when you, you cut back into regular time, you get up there, that guard kind of pretends to pat you down, and you get in scot-free. You realize what that is, right? What? Bill and Ted logic? Yeah. 
<laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So there's there's it, I, I it's a very interesting. I'm only a couple like you said. It's it's more focused on the storytelling than right. the mechanics. Right. Very reminiscent of the Buffy RPG that right. you're also a fan of. Yes. And I I dig that kind of play. Yeah. Like there's a lot more freedom in the actual play. Yes, because it, it with this, what they're talking about is the players are kind of dictating what's going on to the GM. Mm-hmm. The GM sets up a, a couple things, and the players, it's incumbent upon the players to drive the game. Mm-hmm. So you're not bogged down Which with... Which is how it should be, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure... I'm sure you have. I know I have. I've been involved in games where the GM was just too, too damn linear. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, okay, that goes that, into that GM has a story to tell. You guys have slotted yourselves into that story, and the GM still has a story he wants to tell. Mm-hmm. And he's going to put you on the rails and you have to work your way through those rails and in the gaming circles that i've ran in there's always one or two guys that fuck the gm Mm. i'm gonna go this way i'm the lone wolf is always gonna run off on his own and they and then they're not involved and it just it you know there's always gonna have that it sounds like this game kind of leans towards that just a little bit more because it's gonna add to the story overall because it's it behooves the players to tell the best story for themselves, that kind of thing. It sounds like um, it would be a good one to record. Yeah. Because you get some really cool stories, elements out of it, you know? That could be cool. That could be. Well, like I said, I'm going to... You should keep that in mind. Just set up the the iRig or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That uh, sounds very cool. I look forward to that. I'm going to do some more reading of it, get some... There's a... Who makes that? Oh, this is... Is it new? Like a new company? Uh, the author is John Harper. This is from the Forged in Dark. I don't know uh, that. Evil Hat Productions, 1-7. Let, let me go in here, find out one. I wonder if they've it. done anything else that we might recognize. Um, I don't recognize any of those names, so... No. Oh, uh, copyright 2017, so it's a three-year-old so game. Not that old. Okay. No. Um, let's see what else we got here. See if they got any other... Acknowledgements, thanks, like this. Um, there, okay, on Amazon, there was, um, they suggested uh, two other books. Okay. And I do believe they run right in the same vein. Okay. I believe one of them is like a sci-fi adventure style. Okay. And then the other one, I... I can't remember what the other there, one there's was. another system that kind of did that. Um, Savage Worlds. Savage. Um, I, I, I experienced it very, very briefly a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But it, they do that too, where they have like Savage Worlds is kind of your jungly kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's dinosaurs and whatnot. But then you can also get into like a superhero genre. You can get into, I think there was a Wild West one, mm. stuff like that. So they had. The, the the Savage Worlds was, I think, the core, and then you could get another book that could tailor the genre to another a different style. Okay, that's cool. You know? I like I like I like that style. Um, I said I cut my teeth on Dungeons and Dragons. That's how that was my gateway drug into yep. RPGs. Amen. Um, 
when I got into doing the Buffy games, uh, I liked the the fact that they didn't emphasis. There was not a big emphasis on die rolling, mm-hmm. and a lot of the things could be, a lot of the situations could be settled. By storytelling, <laughs> and uh, there's there, there there there's a couple times where the storytelling went <laughs> flying off the rails. I had a lot of fun with that. Oh yeah. Well, I, I remember what was it? Um, <laughs> Rob um, going into the one the one the haunted hotel. Oh, and I think I legitimately scared. Him, not the character, but his, like him, he was afraid for what was going on in the in the haunted. And to me, that is no bigger compliment to a storyteller, game master, when the person is having the the, the emotional response that a character should I be actually having. had that happen in a game. Oh yeah, where I was emotionally invested. Yep, I had. Um, Tom was running a mage, the Ascension game for mm-hmm. us. Um, we'd been playing this this campaign for a while. Same characters, right? Well established. My character had gotten married. Okay. Or no, actually, wasn't even married yet. I don't think I was married yet. Um, but I'd been seeing this. She was a vampire hunter. Okay. Um, I can't remember. She wasn't a mage. Or was she? No, I don't think she was an actual mage. She was something else. But, uh... She was kind of batshit crazy. That's kind of what I liked about her. <laughs> um, then he decided to he to make her and my, me kind of the linchpin to us the new story arc. Okay, where I went, she asked me to meet her somewhere at a diner, and when I get there, she's found shot in the the alley behind the diner. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> and very quickly, using the abilities I had at my disposal, I was able to determine a couple things. I couldn't find much about the killer. Yeah. Um, but it led me in certain directions. But I found out, like, when I found her and whatnot, and we couldn't save her, yep. she was pregnant. Oh, oh, damn. And when we couldn't save her, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, how, how familiar you are with the mage system, but you know the thing called paradox? Yes. Yeah. So you don't want to do flashy magic very much. No. Uh, especially with with normal people around. Yes, that's bad. Yep. I Tom didn't know what was going on. Like as I was, I'm like, I was kind of hiding it. Yeah. Right. I said, okay, can't save her. No. Okay. I'm gonna get in my car, and I'm going out of town, going for a drive. <laughs> okay. I think Taz's character came with me. He was okay. my best friend yep. in, the, in the game. So I think he came with me. Went out to the middle of nowhere in the middle of a forest. Yeah. And I had forces magic. So dealing with <laughs> the elements. Yeah. And I fucking blew everything up within oh. like a quarter mile radius. Oh. Like a Tungus I didn't, guy. I didn't man. carry yeah. about the paradox. I just fucking lit into it. Just fucking went to town. <laughs> and when I let this out, I was visibly shaking. Like, wow. I was that because that's how invested I was. Yep. You know, it. It's awesome for a GM to kind of give that experience, and I've only had that once or twice. So um, now I will admit, your Buffy game, I, I was, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was emotionally invested, but that's probably the most fun I've ever had. Your character, <laughs> your character, she was a slut. She was a slut. <laughs> it was, I think, 
It, there was a lot of Harley Quinn uh, was maybe rolled yeah. into rolled into this was character. before like Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, not, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he said there were there was a there was enough in there to make it. Like I went, oh okay, I, I get where you're going with this, <laughs> and he said it, it was a fun, fun character to tailor events around, and freaking Tom. Oh, poor Tom. I kept, kept hitting on Tom. <laughs> Tom, Tom didn't know whether he, he, he couldn't decide between he, like if he could shit or go blind because of what you were doing to him with that character. It was fantastic. The the interactions of the group with your character and with me, like a lot of those guys weren't used to me as a game master. No. And they tried to do their tricks mm-hmm. that they've, they've been successful with, with other GMs. And I've been around the block once or twice and I know those <laughs> tricks. And I said, I, I, I know I, I mess with Rob's head. Big time, mm-hmm. and there was a couple times with the uh, oh, was it the the disappearance of the body in the garage? <laughs> Everybody's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, yep." Oh, by the way, you're late for school. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we were still high school students. Right. That's right. So, it was, that was that was fun, and. A lot of that stuff, I was just... I got hated at the school first day because they crippled the fucking quarterback. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that was such a great game. Well, yeah, you were you're <laughs> just discovering your, your Slayer powers. Mm-hmm. That's and right. I didn't realize I was stronger. No, no. And That's then, right. Yeah, and then he sent the starting quarterback to the hospital <laughs> in the big bad way, and he was, was hitting just, on my girlfriend. Yeah, they were just like, you just met her walking to school, and you had decided that me and you are now boy, girlfriend and girlfriend. She's my best friend. She's my best friend. Leave her alone. And like, I'm just like. <laughs> Okay, and here we go. <laughs> We're going to go to state championships. Well, that got ruined. Yeah. <laughs> but It's all about first impressions. Oh, yeah. You made first impressions all right, <laughs> but it, it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I I know a lot of those a lot of nobody had ever played that system. No, before. that was brand new for all of us. And so that was really one of the first times that I had run that game. Like I had done small scenarios with the boys, but to do a full, a full troop, there was what five, six, four, uh, five, five of us, five. Yeah. Yep. So to to try to get a handle on a, a relatively new system for myself with a relatively new group for myself. And I'm just like, all right. You're running it like it was TV episodes. Yeah. You even had the theme song. Yeah. So well, like I said, I wanted to make it a, a very immersive feel. Yep. And I said, I went out of the way to make a playlist where when, when a situation happened, there was a musical cue. And I was like the first, like I said, I played the Buffy theme song mm-hmm. and it got everybody in that mindset. Like we are now. This is the the, the, the where we're at. Time I can remember anybody any gaming session at all where somebody pl- played any music for the game was a very brief thing. I feel like Magoon, and we're talking like Mama Barnes' house. Oh days. wow, yeah, okay. I think Magoon <clears throat> played 
something when we had a brief run with a bubblegum crisis RPG. Oh, okay. So based on that anime. Yeah. I think he played some, so, some sort of like, I think he had some, maybe the soundtrack from that anime or something. Yeah. That's the only time anybody's ever that I can think of. When, when I played uh, Vampire the Masquerade with Bellamy out at his place in Blenheim, he had um, recorded music on a VHS tape. And we would, he would play that during the game session, like industrial, okay. like typo negative, typo negative, the like Bauhaus, uh, that st- that genre of music, that time, that age, like it fit that, and it 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 made the atmosphere more real. Like I like you, you would think you were at the Elysium Club. Okay, you would think you were. Like in a shitty alley, getting ready to get jumped by whatever. It, it, it set the tone. Like the music set the tone for a lot of that game, and I I took a lot away from that. I was like trying to incorporate the music into the game. Like the other day when Parker and I were playing uh, Armada, Star Wars Armada, we had. Like space themed music playing on uh, off the, of YouTube, the, the, the Star Wars disco album. No, <laughs> no, he found um, just like some generic space music and stuff like this, and it it gets more immersive, and we have more fun with it. I th- I have thought about doing that sort of thing in the past, but I, to me, knowing how my our gaming nights go, yeah, a lot of you know, a lot of discussion, a lot of side talk. We know not not as much gaming. It's 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 lately, especially you know, or well, not lately, but it, you know, <laughs> for for the longest time, it's more about get the getting together and yeah. shooting the shit than it is about the gaming. Yeah. So it's uh, if I was confident that the group would be focused to, on the game. I think I would try to do something like that. What I like, what I was thinking of, because you thinking of the same thing, you could do like the talk, like the in and out of game talk working like this, but you can like during the game. But if you hit a musical cue back in the game, snaps everybody back into that game. Okay. So mm-hmm. like if it's like, if you're going to a bar or whatever, you start playing like, Bar music, bar music, something. yeah, and then somebody goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, we're we're in this part." Or you make a very specific musical cue when a conflict happens, and that exactly, exactly, like in video games, right? Oh, oh, I know that music. That means a boss fight's coming. Yep. Bo- the boss music, <laughs> boss man music comes up, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" But it, like when I played the theme song, everybody was like, "Okay, now." Now we're in the game. So I I like the concept of adding music and sound effects to a game because it gives you that other level. Parker watches um, Critical Role. Critical Role. I've watched the first season. Yeah. So watching them play that game is like, oh, I need a bigger table and Uh millions of dollars. Yes. So they're watching that Critical Role, that first season, like, Oh, and they were already established at that point. Right. But damn. And they're professional voice actors, so right. they get to add so much more to it. Yeah. Exactly. I'm so, not confident in my abilities enough to try and keep voices going. The closest I've ever done anything like that is, again, way back when, Mama Barnes' house yeah. had a character who was a, a smoker. 
I sat oh. there with a pencil in my mouth through the whole night. <laughs> and Sean got pissed off. So the next week when we played, yeah. he gave me a cigarette. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the the level of immersion that you can get into. With and that's games. what I always felt like it should be. And that's kind of been lacking. Yeah. You know, um, I've, I've, I've been trying late with the lately to try and, well, okay, when I'm playing and I'm in the character, I'm trying to develop a character so you'll be able to tell when it's me versus the character. Yeah. I don't know if I've gotten there yet, but that's what I've been actively trying to do more. Well, in that, that lies, lies in the more you do it, the better you get at mm-hmm. it kind of thing. So getting, getting, like we've been kind of, well, we haven't been able to no. get together to play, but now that things are starting to move we might be able to get together a little bit more often and start getting the idea of building those characters mm-hmm. and the, developing that character even more and maybe we could record a couple of those sessions like if we if we can focus long That's enough key it had, yeah you gotta maintain focus yeah uh, right now if you were to try to record oh. any gaming session you'd have to edit a lot of crap out oh yeah that, therein lies the problem with like you said we have so much to catch up on mm-hmm. and yeah critical role there's no side talk no no unless they're talking about like a charity thing that they're doing or a giveaway because they give away stuff on their on their channels and stuff yeah you know they're they're all game so you but you have to have that focus and right <laughs> no gaming group i've ever been with ever, ever has held that kind of focus no. well i think you're looking at professional actors well so yeah they they that's what they do that's their thing so you know you can win uh on that i think it's omaze yeah you can win a seat at joe manganello's legendary ooh. D&D table oh that's a prize uh-huh. I, wow yeah, that's like hidden. There's a clip though, because okay, his is like the most famous now, yeah. right? But years ago, Vin Diesel had said he was a gamer that he played D and D, right? Okay. There's a clip of Joe Manganiello on I want to say Colbert, Stephen Colbert's Late Show, a couple years from a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and Colbert says, "Well, Vin Diesel plays. Do you, uh, do you play with him?" And and Manganiello's like, "Does he? Does he really?" <laughs> Because I don't know anybody who's played with them. Yeah. So uh, Vin Diesel claims to be a and d but but uh, I think I think it was Leatherdale actually said that he Vin Diesel games with his old crew like from home. Oh wow! Like he apparently he's still something like school. that. Wow. Something like that. That's why he doesn't have other celebrities in his circle. Yeah. Manganiello has a few. A few. A few. A few. I've heard. I've only heard a couple names. So. It's nothing but. No, no. There's a few unknowns that you might not know. Like, not like there's like all, some show? celebrities. <laughs> that Ever was just on the episode of Big Bang Theory, I think. Yeah. Well, that, like you said, there yeah. was. Who'd you have in that one? Kevin Smith, William Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like said. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. The, uh, I like the um, Joss Whedon's, um, his, his gaming uh, show. Joss Whedon has one? Yeah. No, not Joss Whedon. Um, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yeah, yeah. Tabletop. Tabletop. That. That's where I learned. I watched about, a bunch of their stuff. Yeah, that's where I learned about Gloom. Okay. Um, I used. To, I watched. Uh, I watched a few episodes, uh, but I, I fell off from it. But the, I actually saw. I think it was Seth Green and his wife with somebody else, and they were playing not Armada, 
I think they were playing X-Wing. Okay. I think they were playing the, the smaller ship version. Yep. That's um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I, I got to see some of that, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. I think... Um, there's Celebrities are just like us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, I think that was the game, or the show that Parker found the Sheriff of Nottingham game. Okay. And that's a fun game. Yes, it is. And there was a couple other games that he has discovered. It's, it's like the geek version of poker. Yeah. Yeah. That's about <laughs> it. That's about the best way to describe it. you got to so, be able to bluff your ass off. Yep. And... <laughs> Nah, that's a fun game. Like even Mags like playing Sheriff of Nottingham, and she hates gaming. So, yeah, it's hard for me to get Crystal involved in anything yeah. like that. Like I got Cards Against Humanity, and I've gotten gotten her and a couple of some of her friends to play it like twice. Yeah, you know, I bought Exploding Kittens. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Still haven't played that. I have to bring it over one of these. I have a I have this board game called Quelf. Bought I've, it. I've played that. I bought it years ago when yep. it first came out. Played it once and we didn't even finish the game oh. because like it was me and crystal i think with dan with uh rose not it was after he was he had separated from kathy and i think there's somebody else there and they didn't really want to play it fully like they didn't want to do like the charades parts or anything like that no. see like damn it yeah no, I've played golf before, so I know. Yeah, it's, it's I, a fun. I game. would love to have game nights like that, and I I know people who do, and I've been invited. But I got to try and include Crystal, and she, that's not her thing. Yeah, so you know, you know, I, I I'm not going to run off to people that I don't really hang out with for a game night. She's you know that looks fishy, <laughs> looks weird, sounds weird. You're not bringing condoms with you, I know, but or are you? No. No. Well, hey, don't, don't get so defensive. Just ask <laughs> it, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm getting kind of hungry, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got to go pick up Xander from work anyway. So. Sounds good. So, all right, we're back in the saddle. Yes, we. Uh, there won't be. Uh, should not be any other hiccups along the way. I hope. By hiccups, you mean deaths in the family <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. So. Um, well. So uh, you know, you know. Did you know we're on Twitter? What? Yeah, we're on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Yeah, you can find us at Twitter on Twitter at number three N O E S podcast. Awesome. And we have an email account. What? A Gmail account to be specific. Uh, <laughs> so if you have any comments, questions, hey, if you're if you've played any sort of RPGs, even uh, you know what I'd really like to hear is weird or like. Un- lesser known RPGs or weird situations in, in, in your green. Yes, funny gaming stories. Yes, Love funny those. gaming stories. Awesome, especially if botches are involved because there's yes, the, the botches just make things fun. That's right. Uh, so you shoot us an email at again the number three n o e s pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. and of course you can always find us over on the Facebook page, the Three Nose Podcast. That's right, you can find this podcast on just about every platform that you can find podcasts on. And if you do find us and you do like us, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. That way other people can find us and the algorithm really enjoys when you leave words. It doesn't matter what you say. Just leave a handful of words when you give us a review and it helps other people find the show. Yeah. Because, you know, we're worth it. again, And, and campaign for that six star on iTunes. Like, <laughs> well, you know we're worth it. Come on now. Yeah, Steve Jobs' ghost won't allow that. Hmm. hmm. 
We need a young priest and an old priest. That's right. <laughs> and in that case, so thank you for coming by the Three Nose Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Jason. We will talk with you next week. Bye-bye. It's game over, man. It's game over. This has been the Three Nose Podcast. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Y'all come back now. Yeah.